Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. I believe that generosity and um, Christians living in abundance and then giving of themselves, not just financially, but giving of themselves, being generous with who we are is really how we're going to make an impact on this county and world, all right? And I have noticed over the last few years this trend not just with believers, but with people, where we begin to focus on things that cause us to not be generous. We set our eyes and our gaze and our focus on whatever it may be, the pandemic, inflation, financial issues, and it's borderline impossible to be generous when all you can think about is what is not happening in your life. When you, all you can think about and all you're looking at is the lack that's in your life, and all you're looking at is what you don't have. It causes you to become selfish, to become internal, to become a uh, belly button gazer. And so today I wanna talk about hopefully what happens, what happens when we focus on the wrong thing and how we can shift our focus and become an even more generous people, all right? So I'm going to come at it from a little bit different angle, but I think that it's hopefully would give some tools just to begin to shift our focus and become even more generous than we already are, all right? Sound good? So let's pray real quick. Jesus, help me. Just your words, God, today. I just pray that um, everything you've put on my heart would grip our hearts, that we would get a revelation of how generous you are, and that we would become more and more generous. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn to your Bibles if you want. Mark 4. Mark 4, we're going to go uh, verse 35. All right. Okay. Here we go. That same day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, the disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting. And they took him with them. Other boats sailed with. With them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious storm arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the storm, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to die? And fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush, be still. All at once the wind stopped howling, and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man who has such authority? Even the wind and waves obey him. All right, pretty crazy story. Giant storm. Jesus is just taking a nap. All right. And I can imagine that I would probably have a similar reaction that the disciples had. Storms, I mean, these are seasoned fishermen, right? So it's not like a little storm is going to cause them to fear. This must have been a giant storm. They've been on the seas most of their life. It had to be huge. And they're looking at the king of all, their savior, who is in the boat, and they're going, seriously, this guy's sleeping? (laughs) They're like, all they can see is that this storm is about to kill him. I think that, 
I don't think that the Lord, that Jesus was upset at them for um, being fearful of the storm in any way, but I think that he was upset that they were focusing on the storm, that all they could see was the storm was about to kill them. They had this guy who they had seen do miracles, seen already he had done a bunch of miracles in their presence, but the first thing they think about is we're going to die. The first thing they didn't think about was, oh, look who's in our boat with us. The first thing they thought was, we're going to die. And so I don't think he was upset necessarily that they, that they saw the storm. It's just that that's all they could see. They couldn't see that he was in the boat with them. And I think, you know, our, our brains, there's this guy named um, Simon Sinek, and he's a, a pretty awesome public speaker, but he talks about this thing how your brain can actually not comprehend the negative. Okay, so if I say, don't think of an elephant, right? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, skiers that are, they're skiing slalom through trees and stuff. They're not saying, don't hit a tree. They're saying, stay on the path. Because your brain can't comprehend the negative, all right? And so what happens to us is we begin to think and concentrate and focus on what is not happening in our lives, and then all of a sudden, that's the focus. That's what has power. And see, what you set your focus on is what has power in your life. So if you're focused on the storm, that storm is what has power in your life. If you're focused on lack, Lack has power in your life. If you are focused on fear, that's what has power in your life. If you're focused on your anxiety, that's what has power in your life. And so what happens is, is when we focus on the wrong thing, we begin to withhold who we are. So if you're afraid that you're not going to make your bills this month, you're definitely not going to give $20 to the homeless man on the street because lack has power over your life. If you're afraid of conflict, then you're not gonna press through an argument with someone to press into relationship. If you're afraid of being hurt by people, then you're never gonna show your heart to people. You're always gonna hold back. If you're afraid of failure, then you will never risk for the Lord otherwise known as disobedience. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm preaching to myself, okay? I'm walking through this too, all right? I don't preach anything I'm not walking through. <laughs> See, focusing on the storm or on the fear or on the failure or on the anxiety, it removes our ability to be generous. You know, it's like, have you ever, um, those of you that are parents, you know, you have a, a kid, they skin their knee, whatever, they come to you and they're freaking out about their, their knees being skinned and all they can think about is this pain and they're like, ah, ah, and you go, hey, would you like this ice cream cone? They're like, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Every time. Because what you focus on has power in your life. It controls you. If you're focused on the pain, that's what controls you. And often we focus on 
where we've been hurt, where there's been let down before, and then there's no opportunity for us to press past that because all we can see is the pain of the past, the pain of what happened, and then we can't press through it. And it happens with trauma too, like pain and trauma. I know so many people that all they can focus on is what happened, the trauma in their past, and then they begin to use that as an excuse to why they can't be all of themselves to somebody, why they can't be generous, why I, I can't because I was hurt. Now listen, I have grace for trauma, okay? We all have some level of pain in our life. But who's in your boat? That trauma is not in my boat anymore. And we focus on trauma, it's like reliving it over and over and over again. If we never partner with Jesus to say, hey, Savior of the world, can you calm my storm? We'll never move past the pain. See, by focusing on pain or past trauma, by focusing on what has happened to us, it removes our ability to fully be ourselves to other people. When you are focused on what is going on in your life, all the things that aren't going right, the pain that's happened, who hurts you, you have zero ability to pour your life out into somebody else because all you can do is think about how you need to fix it. And we have a responsibility as believers to pour our lives out for other people. We have been given something that is precious. And if Jesus gave his life for us, the least I can do is give that away. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us and we are responsible to give that away. And anytime we withhold who we are from people, we are withholding a piece of God's nature because we each carry a unique slice of who he is and a unique revelation of who he is. And when we withhold who we are from other people, we are actually robbing people from that piece of Jesus. Because we can't all carry all of who he is, right? We need each other. And when we're focused on what's going wrong, we withhold who we are from each other. It's like there's many ways to understand or to find out if your focus is on the storm or if it's on Jesus. Uh, one of those ways is that you find life happening to you rather than you happening to life. I've had um, a bunch of nutrition clients and there's a pretty consistent theme through most of them where they're like, I was doing really good, everything was fine, I got a little stressed out and then all of a sudden I ate an entire package of Oreos. I'm like, oh, that's never happened to me before. <laughs> it's probably chips, not Oreos, but yeah. <laughs> See, that's the Oreos happening to you. Rather than, you know, I'm going to have four Oreos today. That's a really simple and silly example, but it's true. There's other things that happen to people. You know people like that, right? Where they're like, ah, oh, this world is, ah. It happened to your life. You tend to make excuses for your behavior. Like, I can't do that. I can't help someone because of this. Or I can't because this happened to me. If you can only see the problem or the negative in every situation, 
you might be focusing on the wrong thing. If you can't see any good in your life, you might be focusing on the storm. So we do this thing in staff meeting and our board meetings where I just ask, and I've done it in here, like, what is good in your life? Because the power of a testimony breaks the back of that poverty thing, right? And there is, I guarantee you, always something good in your life because we serve a good God and there is always something good happening in your life. I don't care how big or small it is, always something good happening in your life. If your problems seem too big for God, you are probably looking at the storm, not at the Savior that's in your boat. And this one is uh, one that happens to me. If you think that you are the answer to the storm, then you're probably looking at the wrong thing. I'll raise my hand. That's all me. It's so funny. I was prepping this message, and um, we had gotten our girls some new, not new, but new to them, cell phones. And I'd been trying to sell their old ones on Facebook Marketplace, and it'd been, it's been months, like, haven't been selling it. I finally sold the last one, Hallie's, and (laughs) it's probably 20 minutes after the guy picked it up. Christina calls me, hey, do we still have that old cell phone? Hallie's phone fell in water, and it's not working. And I'm like, oh, gosh. I'm like, so immediately, and this is just how I am. I'm, uh, I'm working on it. But immediately, I start thinking, okay, how am I going to get her a new cell phone? No, I can't afford to buy her one right now. Um, okay, so we could. And I'm, like, scheming and trying to figure it out. I'm like, how am I going to get her a new cell phone? Oh, gosh. And I'm stressed out about it. I'm like trying to solve this problem by myself. (laughs) And we were really, I mean, I had to just laugh because then um, we ended up, someone had an extra cell phone in their drawer and Christina just happened to mention that we, Hallie's broke and it was a way nicer cell phone than Christina had. And so Christina was able to give her really nice phone to Hallie and it happened in like, seven minutes, and I'm like, I just had to laugh at myself. I'm like, okay, I don't know why you were trying to figure that out. You could have at least just prayed, (laughs) like, or something. And I just heard the Lord say, like, yeah, we're in process. (laughs) Because honestly, I thought I had this message all figured out in my personal life, but apparently I don't, so. But it's just beautiful, like, it was just a little kiss, like, hey, you know what? Like, let's partner together. Let's work together on your problems. I'm not saying that he's not asking you to solve some things because he has given you wisdom. But if you think you're the answer to all your problems, then you're probably looking at the storm and not at the Jesus that's in your boat. And so some of the ways that we can shift our focus from the storm to Jesus is, sounds silly, but prayer. But I'm not talking about one time in your prayer closet Uh, you know, check the box. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a constant, vulnerable conversation with the Lord. Like, I'm freaking struggling here. (laughs) Like, this hurts. I don't like this. You know, like, a real conversation. He just wants to be around. It's really hard to focus on the storm when you're literally having a conversation with Jesus. You're looking him in the eyes. 
Another way is through thankfulness. It's really hard to look at the storm when you're so thankful for what Jesus is doing in your life. Now listen, I'm not talking about blind optimism, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. So like a pessimist would say, this water bottle is, well, it's not half full, but pessimists would say this water bottle is half empty. An optimist would say it's half full. But a heart of gratitude would say, I'm so thankful I have water and a bottle to hold it. There's a big difference in optimism and gratefulness. I'm aware there's only this much water, but I'm so thankful for it. I'm grateful for it. And so that heart of thankfulness will just turn your attention to what he is doing. There's a bunch of others here, but let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 5 real quick. This is the, the part I want to focus on today. If you get nothing else, get this tool, all right? So we'll start Matthew 5. Uh, we're going to start at verse 38. All right, your ancestors have also been taught, take an eye in exchange for an eye and a tooth ex- in exchange for a tooth. However, I say to you, don't repay evil with an evil act, but whoever insults you by slapping you on the right cheek, turn the other to him as well. If someone is determined to sue you for your coat, give him the shirt off your back as a gift in return. And should people in authority take advantage of you, do more than what they demand. Learn to generously share what you have with those who ask for help. And don't close your heart to the one who comes to borrow from you. Your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very one who persecutes you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. And this is the part I want to talk about. In the Old Testament, before it was somebody hurts you, you hurt them back. But Jesus takes a stance that's a little bit weird sometimes. It's the opposite of what we would think. See, there was a storm, and Jesus was living in peace. So you always come against the storm with the opposite spirit that you would think. You don't fight a storm with a storm. You fight a storm with peace. All right, so the enemy is trying to get us to focus on the problem. And if he can get you to believe that you don't have enough, then you don't have enough. A few years ago, we were um, living in a different financial situation. Christina was staying at home with the kids. Things were tough. And we had um, some bills come in that we weren't expecting. And my very first thought was, oh, I got to figure out how to make more money. I got to figure out how to work more, work harder. And immediately I heard the Lord say, you need to figure out how to give more. I was like, oh, that hurts. Like, You know, and that sounds easy when everything's all well and good, but when you're on food stamps just to feed your kids, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I realized how you combat the spirit of poverty is with generosity. So I just started looking for places to give. 
Look, I'm not saying be unwise about it, guys. You know, get what I'm saying, right? But if you're afraid of money, maybe you should start giving some away. Immediately break the poverty spirit on your life. See, he wants us, the enemy wants us to fight lack with selfishness. He wants us to fight pain by withdrawing, pulling back who we are. And he wants us to stay focused on that storm and not who's in the boat with us. And we've been talking about generosity and finances and who we are, and I can feel in the room people feeling a little uncomfortable about it. It's a little awkward. They're feeling like, I don't really know what I have to give. I feel people kind of withdrawing. And I just feel like there's an opportunity here to really break this off. Not just our community, but off Christians and people in general. Because this isn't, here's the deal, this is a spiritual principle, but it's like gravity. It really is. It's like, if you jump up, you will come down. If you give, you will receive. Giving will break off the fear of money in your life. And I'm not just talking about money here. We're talking about relationship here in a second, too. But, you know, it's like, okay, it's a little tangent. I hate talking about tithing. I'm just going to be honest. I absolutely hate it. So, but I'm going to talk about it here for a second, okay? I'm not talking about just money when I'm talking about tithing, okay? What is tithing? Tithing is giving your very first to the Lord. And it's the only thing that is an actual physical representation of saying, I trust you more than I trust myself. I trust you more than I trust finances. I trust you more than I trust anything on this earth. So when you give your very first, not your leftovers, you're saying, I trust you over everything. Listen, I don't care if it's 1% or 100%. Give first. And I don't care if it's this house or another ministry or something else. I don't care. Give first your first to the Lord. Give it to him first. Give who you are first to the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, give who you are first to the Lord before you give it to anyone else. And that eliminates the power of the storm over your life. It says, I trust the Jesus in my boat more than I trust the boat. And it's the same with relationships. So many of us have been hurt by people. People are people. (laughs) And the enemy would have us withhold who we are from each other for fear of being hurt again. And I know so many people that are amazing, beautiful. They have just the most amazing stuff inside of them and they refuse to let it out because they're scared to get hurt again. There's a, I remember this time in Christina and I's life where I was struggling with being really vulnerable and honest with her. And I would have these emotions. My wife, I'm, uh, she, she won't care if I share this, but I'm, (laughs) well, maybe she will. We'll find out. She's not in here. So she's with the kids. So she can't stop me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm words of affirmation, love language, all right? And I'm acts of service. So 
tell me you love me while you're vacuuming my house and we will be best friends forever, all right? <laughs> my wife is neither of those things. We're both working on it. I'm not her love languages either, okay. Um, and she is, if you know her, she is a truth teller. And she, her, one of her highest core values is being just who she is, being vulnerable, being real. Whatever she thinks, you know what she thinks. <laughs> it's coming out her mouth. And I like to say, you know, if you want somebody to open a package of poop, you have to put a really nice bow on it. And she, for a long time, wouldn't put a bow on it. I'm like, all you have to do is put a bow on it, that's it, and I'll take it. But she would just hand it to me. Anyways, so I had some emotions going on, but I was really fearful to tell her. And there was this one time where I was feeling all sorts of feels, and I was just afraid. And I heard the Lord say, just tell her. Go. As soon as you feel that fear, tell her. And so I just went, Christina, I'm really afraid right now. I'm afraid to tell you this. I'm afraid that you're going to get mad at me, but this is how I feel. And, of course, it went well, and she was amazing, but I feel like there's this ploy of the enemy to get us to be quiet, to not say what's happening on inside. And I would encourage you, just say it. As the moment you feel the fear to not share who you are, that's when you say it, immediately. Because if he's trying to keep you from giving of yourself, then you know it's important. Then you know it's really important because he doesn't bother with the unimportant stuff. Right? It's the same with money. You feel fear, you give immediately. And I have watched, oh, I wouldn't even tell you this if I hadn't seen it for myself because I really just care that we all live in this amazing abundant life, really, like, that's what I want, but I have seen it happen over, it just happened like three weeks ago. Christine and I were talking about finances, we had some stuff come up, and I said, she looked at me and said, we need this, and I said, yep, all right, it's time to start giving. She's like, okay. We've done it enough times in our life where we're like, all right, time to start giving. And I, literally, this, it's this practical, I took cash out of our bank, put it in my ashtray so that I could find people to give money to. I'm like, I just know that this is reality. This is what, it's a law. It literally will happen. Three weeks later, bam, answer to the financial prayer. Just like that. Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now my prayer is that Especially when it, you know, I've been talking about money a lot, but my, really what I, I pray is that we would be able to stop looking at the pain of relationships. That we would be able to process that pain with the Lord. That we would be able to talk with the Jesus that's in our boat and risk being hurt again so that we can be an intimate, vulnerable relationship with people. I think we just have to do it. I, I pray that we are able to not withhold who we are anymore. 
And I have felt like, as I was preparing this message, there are some people in our community that have been withholding their strength because someone once told them that their strength was actually offensive. Gosh, that just pisses me off. Your strength is not offensive to a confident, secure person who's living in their identity. Who you are is not offensive. And I'll just say this from our leadership team and everyone at The Pursuit, we need your strength. We absolutely need what you carry. I cannot be fully me if you do not carry fully you. We need your strength. So if we're looking at the storm over us, rather than the Jesus in our boat, then that's what has power. And if we live from lack and poverty, we will never be able to be generous. And if we're not able to be generous, then we will not have the impact on this county that we really want to have. And so I'm asking you, pray, pray, pray. Have a real, authentic conversation with the Lord. Be thankful. Find the good in your life. Worship. Gosh, for me, it's music. I just put some music on, and that just soothes my soul. It immediately puts my focus on Jesus. And then come in the opposite spirit. If you have fear about being hurt again, I encourage you to risk. Risk with Jesus. I'm not saying put yourself in painful situations. Boundaries are good, okay? But risk again. Risk to be vulnerable. Risk to be honest. Add your strength to us. We need it. If you have a fear of finances, I don't care how small it is. You know, in Luke 24, the widow's might, he looked at all of these people giving tons of money. And he looked at that widow and he said, she gave more than all. She gave from sacrifice. She gave from a place of fear. She gave from a place of lack. And she gave more than anyone else. So I don't care if it's five cents or five million dollars, break the back of the poverty spirit in your life. It's time, all right? Let's turn our eyes to the Jesus that's in our boat, all right? All right, just stand with me. I wanna pray for you. All right, first I wanna pray I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but I just want you to receive it, all right? Hands out in front. If you have been afraid of finances, I'm going to pray for you first. Jesus, Father, I just ask right now that there would be a grace on everyone in this room to step past the fear and into generosity, that we would be able to give We just say no more fear of money. We will not let money rule us anymore. It has no power over our lives. And if you've been afraid of relationships or hurt and you don't want to be yourself, I want to pray for you. First and foremost, Father, I just ask that you would ease the pain. Hmm that you would step into the pain right now in this moment.
step into that pain and heal their heart. And I ask that you would give a grace and that you would give courage to risk again, to open their heart again, to be everything that they were called to be again. And we say, your strength is not offensive. Who you are is not offensive. We just say, be you, that there would be courage to just be who you are. We pray for identity, that you would solidify identity this morning, that people would know who they are and walk it out. Jesus. Hmm. I just pray for peace this week, for rest that this revelation would go deep, that we'd be able to walk it out, that it wouldn't just be this morning, but we'd be able to walk it out this week, love on people with our abundant generosity. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. All right, I love you guys. Have an awesome week. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.